It's Monday night, and I'm sharing. Everybody should be sharing. So just give me one second, and we will share this post. And I'm getting a little better at this every time. So they tell me. Yes. No YouTube, they say. Well, that's not good. Huh. Wow. One more second. I don't know why this thing loves to do this to me. It just keeps me on my toes, right? It does. It does. You're telling me no YouTube. <coughs> but it should have. That's uh, happened before, hasn't it? Yeah, but it shouldn't do that. It um, should come up right away on YouTube. So how do I do that? Let's see. <coughs> no, I don't. Oh, maybe right here. No, it doesn't give me the option for some reason. All right, we're just going to have to uh, carry on with Facebook for the moment because I am not sure without shutting this down and rebooting it all again, I'm not sure how to get us over to um, YouTube. This is what Corey is good at. Anyways... It should just it should have just set it up on both. So I'm not sure why. Um unless I can oh oh wait a minute. We might get lucky. All right. You will have to tell me if I just got this right. I think I got it on YouTube now. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Don't ask me how I did that. But I think I did. So It's Monday night, and John's messing around again. <laughs> ah, all right. So we are on Facebook, The Journey, YouTube, uh, now live, it says. Beautiful. YouTube, also on uh, Spotify. Spotify, thank you. Podomatic, Amazon Music, uh, iTunes, and a bunch of other iHeartRadio and some other radio channels. Um, out there, all our podcasts, the YouTube, obviously, and the Journey on Facebook are both video and audio for anybody that wants to check in later and see these. Also, I wanted to say that if you wanted to donate to support what we do here as we um, are really stepping out in a new adventure with this part, I know we've been doing it for a couple of years, but we're kind of focusing on this right now, and so... If anybody wants to support this on ongoing, it's uh, you can go to www.hcm-strafford.org, and there will be a donate but button there so that you can donate there to uh, support the ministry. All right, and the other thing is here is our YouTube channel, so that you can see this. 
www.youtube.com slash grace and truth j brown and you can go there and there's a whole library like a lot of different shows and podcasts we've done over two years you've so talked a lot yes i've talked a lot i guess <laughs> <laughs> so there they are and how is susan doing tonight susan's doing well yeah yeah all right if anybody wants to let me know, oh, there it is, on now. Thanks, Norlene. Beautiful. So, here we are. We decided to, to um, stretch things a little bit tonight. I will call it, this could be paradigm shifting time. It could be. If you so will. Oh, oh, who was it that came up with that? What, that wasn't no, mine? No, no, that one was. <laughs> I, I, you made me think of something. It's probably Brian. Uh, Christian, I'm not positive. Paradigm shift. No, time? no, no. Oh, shift faced. Oh, shift faced. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like Brian. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Anyways, so, hello, Megan. So we're going to uh, step into this tonight uh, to talk about this, and the beauty of this is, as we were discussing earlier, is. The part of awakening that the Lord begins to wake us up, he begins to open up the box that we've been in. That means a, a mental box or belief system that holds people captive. And I've spoke, spoke about the fact that uh, you cannot, it's impossible, in fact, to get into the kingdom of God except you become as a little child. Yes. And a little child a wordless. is a, a wordless infant. infant. That means you're teachable, right? Humble and teachable. You're just all starting over, right? Basically, and and it's like it is a journey of walking with the Father and letting Yeshua, the Living Word, awaken us to progressive light, greater and greater understanding. Mm -hmm. We can't stay where we were. You can. Well, you can. But if you want to go further. Yes. And eventually you will one day, whether it's a million years from now. You don't just get to, like we've been taught, die and go to heaven. Well, that's like a that. heaven. Yeah. But but the picture of that we've seen for years of the Lord knocking on the door. Yeah. Right? He's knocking on the outside. You're the one inside that's got to open it. So you have to open it to look. Yes. That's it. Yeah. My sheep hear my voice. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to follow him. Yeah. And I remember the time he did that to me, where he said, meet me outside the gate. And I'm thinking, I'm in the ministry, the Lord's moving, people are getting saved, you know? Just everything was going on, and there he is. And saying, I was probably like, what the heck are you doing outside the gate? I know. <laughs> He's saying, where did you go, where did you go? John? <laughs> I went into the wine. It was great. Yes. <laughs> he said... Um, if you want to follow me, which obviously we all do, meet me outside the gate. And I didn't really understand what he meant at that time. I just knew I wanted to follow him. And then he just began to come and deconstruct my, uh, what I call dogma, uh, things that I've been taught, religious things that weren't of him, but just form. Form and not function. And so... Uh, in the beginning of that, he said, 
what do you think of my word? And I said, well, I love your word, Father, but uh, let's be honest, it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Which has been, you know, we have then a lot of theology of why. Well, it's the timing of the Lord. It's this, it's that. You need more healing. You need more healing. There's a there block. Mu- there's a block. There must be sin in your life. Yeah. Just something, right? Yeah. And, and God just began to come and smash that thing. And not just, it wasn't a mental smash. It was like an experience, like the glory of God would come and I'd be totally undone and being pulled right out of these realms into yeah. the glory realms. And he was speaking to me and beginning to show me what things really meant, not what I'd been taught they meant. Mm-hmm. And so then I had to be willing to follow him outside of the gate of my own prison built by my the belief systems that were given to me through the mind of man. And what's really strange about that is when we first came in yeah. in our younger years, mm. it was all mystery and mystical stuff that we stepped into. We didn't step into <laughs> a church. We came into a church carrying all this stuff like, what is this? What's yeah. going on in our lives? Like, these things just keep happening. And they're looking at us like, Call, yeah. call, call the Browns that we need to give somebody some deliverance here. I think they, I yeah. mean, all that stuff was yeah. organically happening in our home. It was pre-church. We were thrown into the deep end of the pool, the spiritual pool. Yeah. We were having encounters, yeah. but we had no grid work. No, none at all. Nobody was trying to structure us into something at that point. We did what we're trying to get back to now. Yes. We were just learning to listen yes. and be childlike, yes. a wordless infant. Wow. And step into, <laughs> oh, we do that now? Okay. Okay. Right? Just simple. And, and then it got complicated. And then it got complicated. Yeah. It's like I met God, and then somebody said, hey, we're going to teach you how to know God. And yeah. it's like, oh, really? Yeah. It, was, it got messed. I remember, I'll never forget the time, the most honest thing that happened to me was we were filled with the Spirit. Things were happening to us. We didn't know anything really other than our experiences so we go to the baptist church remember and we share our experiences <laughs> and i didn't know but i'm always famous at that time for uh not changing the clock mm. oh, when yes. it would go ahead time change time change so i'm there an hour early and there is a sunday school class but it's all the leaders and the pastor of the baptist church and there's you and i and we're, we're there. going to tell them everything that's been happening. Yeah, we're excited, <laughs> man. We're these little kids, right? And we're telling them, man, you wouldn't believe them. We're telling them all this stuff. And that night, he came to visit us, the pastor. That's right. And he said, what's happening, man, with you? And I told him about dying in the car accident, about the open vision and all these things happening. And he just stopped and he said, you know what? I believe you, but I can't help you. You're way beyond where I'm, I don't know what you, so he said, he basically was, i not thinking he wanted us to come to his church and mess it up. Well, I think he said, some people just need a bigger kick in the pants Mm. than other people. And and that was And you were obviously one of those people, I think. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And it definitely was true. Yeah. It was definitely true, but there was more to it than that. Yeah. I just didn't know that. Um, but isn't God amazing? Like, and I, I really thank that guy because he was honest enough to say, I can't help you, man. Or didn't try to explain what was happening to me. Right. Us. He didn't try to dogmatize what was happening to me, but he could tell it was real and it was supernatural. Things were happening. Yeah. You know, so we jumped in. And so what we, what, what's been happening is 
we want to share tonight something that um, is really, how do we put that? Um, um, Paradigm shift To question. Oh. Yeah, ask question. Ask a ask, question. That was it. Meet me outside the gate was that I I could begin to ask questions of the Lord Indeed and have so. him teach me. Right. Right? Yeah. A lot of times what we do is we create a belief like let's say about Thomas. Oh, Thomas, the most thing in the in the in the Western church that he's known for is doubting. Doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm. But the reality is this. Christ, if you think about it, humans are all different. And so some humans, like little children, are very questioning. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? You've had a child, right? Why are you doing that? How come you're doing that? What is that? And you're like, oh, my gosh. They want to well, know. They want to know. And that was Thomas. It's not wrong. Right. It's not doubting. It's who he was. Mm-hmm. And so think about this. Jesus raises from the dead. God, the creator, standing in front of him. And he says, put your hand in my side. Mm-hmm. While nobody else got this experience, what do you suppose that was like to stick your hand in the side of God? I think he was like seeing the whole universe in that moment. All kinds of things were happening to him. And later on, his arm was found. I don't know if it was India. I can't remember the exact place. You'd have to look it up. But wherever his arm was that he'd stuck into the side of God, everybody was touching it and getting healed. Just his arm? Just his arm. Was he attached to it? No. Oh. Like, I don't know what happened. They probably kept that because of, you know, like all those places on the earth, right? Mm -hmm. And so Thomas is a way more than we think he is. He is not quite what he thought I thought he was. And so once the Lord started opening my mind to these things, and he brought me at one point to the book of Thomas, and then my mind started getting blown at the revelation that Thomas received from the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's so much more, so much more. But the big thing is you're allowed to question. Yes, that's what a relationship is. Exactly. Right. He he wants you to search to find. Mm -hmm. And so I want to bring a perspective on, on the mark of the beast tonight to get us to question. Could it be possible? Could it be possible? Just putting it out there. Putting it out there. Yeah. All right. So let me start with this. The Lord speaks in allegorical. So we will not carnally conclude out of the mind of man, but look to spirit for him to reveal the mystery that doesn't enter into the mind of man. We become dependent on him then, and the world of spirit. There's four levels in rabbinic understanding of Scripture. The first level, and you can go back to earlier podcasts to hear this in detail. The first level is the simple or literal. And you've heard many pastors stand holding the Bible. This is the literal word of God and it's mm-hmm. face value, right? Yeah. But that's just the first level. That's the beginning. Yeah. That's not the end. Right. That's still incarnality. It can be your end if you stop there. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And and the literal's important. It's real. It happened. But there are things building on top of them. So couched 
on the literal is the next level called hint that you're reading it and you're going you know what for the 400th time you're reading and you're going you know what i think there's something more to this picture and again if you go back and look listen to some podcasts you'll get much more detail on this for instance jesus praying for the blind man twice the creator doesn't need to play, pray twice there's revelation there he's trying to tell us something it's not about what we think that's the hint oh my gosh the creator doesn't have to pray twice why is he doing that and then the next layer on top of that is the allegorical and allegorical means pictures Jesus spoke in picture language always spoke in parables so they wouldn't understand he always spoke in in dreams God speaks in pictures that's what they are they're pictures and they all have a meaning but they're not something you can just grab in your own mind and understand that's why people have crazy dreams because you have to look to him to allow his spirit to unfold what he's actually trying to tell you and then after that it's the math mm -hmm. it's mathematics it's every hebrew word is made up of numbers it's all math god numbers is are assigned to the letters yes yeah. so it's like god is a genius and that word doesn't even come close to who he is it's like beyond what we could put together and this is who he is so it's a real unfolding as we become a wordless infant he'll begin to take us through these things so what belongs to the father belongs to the son but while he is still young he is not entrusted entrusted with all that is his now you've heard people say this it says all that all that Christ has is ours yeah. well obviously it's not at this moment or there wouldn't be a sick person on the face of the planet well you can take that literally but if you just stop there you're not experiencing what that means right right yeah. right so what he's saying is when he is mature his father gives it to him hmm. it's like I don't hand the cars keys to my car to a five-year-old and say hey yes. have a good day mm -hmm. he's gonna hurt himself and he doesn't understand anything and, about and it others and others <laughs> yeah. he doesn't understand anything about um, engineering of the car the what the car could do if it hits somebody walking what it could do hitting another car he doesn't understand any of those things so you don't give him the keys mm -hmm. you have he has to grow up preparation mature and so in the Bible there's the children of God there's the sons of God and son of God is a maturity mm -hmm. a child to a son is a journey of awakening and growing up to become spirit a being of light and of love that's who we really are but we got to come back to this so there's a maturing level goes on so with that in mind listen this John 1 4 to 5 says in him Yeshua was life and the life was the light of men and the light um, came into the dark or into the darkness did shine in the darkness did not perceive it so his life it comes within us mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. 
revelation. He begins to bring revelation to us. This is the journey of walking with the, the child to a son. Mm -hmm. So he begins to bring revelation from another world, not the world of man, mm -hmm. another world called the kingdom of our Father, the kingdom of God. And so that stuff begins to come to us, and the light then begins to grow within us from a seed to a full-grown. We are trees of righteousness planted by the, by the Lord, by the bank of the river, right? Yes. It's a picture. Mm -hmm. So this has to take place. And so you can see how important the revelation is. Why we just can't read something literally and then run out and write a book and make millions of dollars off of children. It's not right. No. Out of our, our ignorance, right, mm -hmm. of being in the dark, it says, and the darkness did not perceive it. He told me perception is everything, John. It's how I go from glory to glory and begin to see through his eyes. That's the fear of the Lord is to see through the father's eyes yeah. and they got to let go of the structures that have been built by man traditions dogma religion and open myself up to the creator and let him begin to show me so let's look at a couple of examples of understanding this matthew 18 9 is really cool it says if your eye causes you to stumble pluck it out cast it from you it is good for you one-eyed to enter into life if you have one eye you'll enter into life rather than having two eyes to be cast to Ghana of the fire now to Guiana of the fire now when we look at this um, not at face value, you begin to see something. Does he really want you to go out and pluck your eye out because you were lusting after your neighbor? There'd no. There would be a lot of one-eyed people. There would be, and there isn't. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so that would be the literal. That's the literal, and we should be doing it if that's and what we want. there has been some crazy people do stuff mm -hmm. like that, taking it literally. Yeah. But what he's talking about is um, not being double-minded. Mm. He's, ta he's talking about not having the leaven of the Pharisees within you. That's double-minded. He talked about that before, and it's all in reference in the same area he's talking about this. And so let me expand on this. Guyana of the fire is where they took the dead and threw them outside the city into the fire. Right? So what he's talking about is the place of the dead. So he's saying you're better to, to come into life with one eye, one focus, one truth, absolute truth, which I call divine reality versus my reality, to come into divine reality. But first I have to remove the double, not mindedness. I can't walk on both sides of the track here. I either follow him or I hold fast to religion or whatever it is that's holding me. So he's the place of the dead, remember? He said, let the dead bury the dead. Right. 
that means everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. We are dead from the garden. Mm-hmm. It's, it's spiritually dead. And we have to wake up to spirit. So that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Is This is what double-mindedness will do. It'll throw you into the fire of the dead. Now, what is the fire? Well, the fire is a couple of things. One, there's a lot of torment in this world and stuff going on. There's also the all-consuming love of God to save you from being dead. Mm-hmm. Go and tell them, I'm alive. Right? Mm-hmm. He's not dead. He's alive. So he wants us to know, Matthew six twenty-two, the light of the body is the eye. And your, the eye, uh, he says, if then thy eye be single, your whole body shall be light. So singly focused. Singly focused, mm-hmm. and also um, a spiritual eye. To be able to see in the spirit is also what he's talking about, which is a whole other area we won't touch tonight. But it's about not being double-minded but single-eyed, then your whole body will be filled with light, he's saying. Um, Psalm 24, 4 says, He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not taken my name in vain, nor sworn deceitfully. Now, what is a pure heart? No leaven of the Pharisees. If I said, this water has been purified and it's pure, it means there's no mixture in it, no minerals. Mm-hmm. So if in me there is his word and religious teaching, you have mixture. I have mixture. That's not a pure heart. He's just talking about being one-eyed, yeah. pure. That's all that means. It doesn't mean you have to go out and get a purity ring. It doesn't mean you're perfect. that you're perfect. It doesn't mean any of the things that we think it means. Because it, when you say pure, right, that would be what triggers in a lot of people's minds. That's oh, the trigger. I'm not, I'm not pure. Right. Right. They right. They equate it to good and bad, right and wrong. But if Christ made you uh, pure, are you? Absolutely. It's you that doesn't know that or believe that yet. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a work that he's doing. So he's saying a pure heart and also clean hands. And I've always said about that clean hands means, you know, like we have this saying, um, um, let's go get our hands dirty. That means let's go out and build the house. Let's go do whatever we're going to do. Build that, fix that motor in the car, whatever. Let's get our hands dirty, right? Mm -hmm. So it's talking about in conjunction together, it's talking about the fact that I have to um, wash my hands of religion. My heart must be pure, no mixture. No double-mindedness, because in the same verse, later he goes, the double-mindedness, you should not expect anything from the Lord. Why? Because you're unstable. Because you're unstable. That's it. Because you you really have no solidity, no foundation under you. Right. You're blowing around like a leaf in the wind. So you got to make a decision to meet him outside the gate. That's what I had to do. And it wasn't simple. No. I mean, he came to me and started working some details, in, and they were simple in the beginning, simple revelation, but yet 
they were still difficult because it meant um, all kinds of people wouldn't understand what I was going to tell them, even about music. Certain songs they're singing, nice words, nice lyrics, but lies. And you're too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. There you go. There's another Which is one another deception. That gets put on you. Yeah. <laughs> in the past. Yeah. In other words, don't be spiritual, whatever you do. Yeah. And that, I know why they said that. That was because of some flaky people that were out there. But the problem was, it's just a door that wants to close and everything that's so a mystery. You, so you won't look. Yeah, so yeah. you won't look. They don't want you to look, right? Because yeah. they want to keep control of the kingdom of man. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody, let's be honest. A lot of them are what we call blind leading the blind. And sure. I was one of those blind people being led. Leading people into more blindness. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then I... We got a lot of blind followers. Yeah, it's like it's like the time. Well, anyway, the, I was going to say where the Lord comes into my kitchen, and and he was. I was a young guy. I was an evangelist. I was leading people to Christ. I was, you know, passionate about it. Oh, I know. Yeah, and he said to me, John. He says, "You know what you're like." I said, "What?" He said, "You're a little like a a blind man, man with a machine gun spraying up the town." He said, "You're bound to hit something." But he said, I think I'm going to put a sights on that gun for you so you can actually see where you're shooting. Yeah. I said, oh, that's good. And he said, let's go a step further. He said, am I in all things? I said, yeah. Now, I didn't totally understand at that point to the degree I do now. He said, okay. He said, you know how I breathed into Adam and he became a living being? I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm going to walk up to you in the dead and you speak and i'll bring them to life just like adam Mm. and then the very next week he showed me this literally it happened at a ymca taking tasha when she was a little girl to go swimming Mm -hmm. so it was like he wanted me to understand something deeper than what i knew but he always comes to us where we are so just because he comes to you where you are doesn't mean he wants to leave you there no he just wants to take you on and, and i remember what you you asked that question to me today and it's something i've i've uh, come to understand that god will speak to you about something before you understand what he's talking about and then he'll let you see it through your perception at where you're at mm-hmm. so when i'm a three-year-old spiritually he shows me this and I see it a certain way. But then 40 years later, he starts to unpack what it's really all about. And my mind's blown. Now, why did he do that? It's because he wanted roots inside me to know that this is him and I can trust him. Because otherwise, it'd be the first time he'd be saying it and I'd be going, what? Mm-hmm. What? That's way outside of my paradigm. He does this with us all. He'll speak to us, but we take it literally and think it was that when he'll use it in the time when you're three. But then, like Paul said, it's time to put away childish things and let's go on. But if you think back to different dreams and stuff you've had back Mm. in that day, right away you were trying to apply it to the present moment of what was going on or you were looking for it to happen like within a very short time. And then you just kind of forget about them. And then down the road, something pops up and you're like, Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. 
He's now fine. Now I understand. Isn't he amazing? Yeah. Oh, man. He's a mind blower. So he, he gives you roots. Like he was talking to me about immortality mm-hmm. in 1978. And I'm 23 years old. And I got no grid for what he's talking about. And I'm talking about here on the planet. Yeah. I didn't understand him. And then 40 years later, he begins to take me there. But he had to do a lot of work in me first for me even to open up to the possibilities because I had been uh, taught and trained a certain way. Mm-hmm. So it had to change. So we can't have leaven of the Pharisees, meaning double-minded. And it's religious teaching of the mind of man that blinds us, right? It blinds us. To what's really going on so carnality is blind to the christ mm-hmm. to the teaching of the christ um in john 21 4 to 6 new american standard it says but when the day was now breaking jesus stood on the beach yet the disciples did not know that it was jesus Now, do you see the depth in that? Look at this. The day was now breaking. There's three periods of time in our walk, three eons according to the scripture. There's this present day, then there's the age during, and then there's the age to come. And these are three periods of time that the Lord takes us through, and they can last long periods or short periods. It's up to us and him. Mm-hmm. how we get there so um that is weird sorry give me one second some some weird crap on the bo- on what came up on the thing okay so that's not funny is it so um <laughs> um the day when the day was now breaking so that's talking about you first awakened to salvation to, to the Creator and that God loved you. It's meeting Jesus, right? Yes. Then it says Jesus stood on the beach. Well, the ocean speaks of the consciousness of God. So we haven't even become conscious. We still think God's in the clouds somewhere. He's on the beach on the edge of our consciousness. That's where he comes. And then it says there, do you see it? The disciples did not know that it was Jesus because they're still blind. They're still in the darkness to who he really is. They didn't recognize him. That's what that passage is John is trying to tell us. So then Jesus says this. He said, children, there you go, see? Yeah. They just became children of God. Mm-hmm. Children, you do not have any fish to eat, do you? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find the fish. So they cast it. And then they were not able to haul it in because of the great quantity of fish. Now, this has nothing to do with fishing. No. It's right brain, left brain. Uh, yeah. Right? Okay. It's us in the logical mind of man yeah. trying to get spiritual food, fish. Mm-hmm. Fishers and men, fish, 
Jesus came. What era was it? The Piscean Age. Fish. They're trying to get spiritual food, and he says, you don't have anything, do you? No. He says, throw it on the right side of the boat. The right side is where we find imagination and creativity. It's the feminine side of us. Mm -hmm. There's masculine, feminine, right? right? Yeah. Logic and emotions. And so he is saying you must leave uh, trying to hold cling to the logic of things and begin to look through your imagination and the creative part of you to understand me. This is all in that same passage. Children, you do not have any fish. And where he says the day was breaking and they didn't recognize him. You're not going to find Jesus through your logic. The guy that we worship who we think is Yeshua is not. Because he's a logical Jesus. But that's not God in the flesh. First of all, Christianity came from the East, not the West. And it is in the, in the East, there's idioms, folklore stories, deeper meanings of the Bible, and it's a code of mysteries. The Bible's in code, just like what I just read to you. That was through a right brain, an allegorical picture that I was able to pull that. So the teachings originally come out of the East, and mm -hmm. the West interprets them through the Western mindset. Some people... Uh, not, uh, not everybody. No, right? no, no. But Constantine was the one that did this, and then they uh, formulated religion, built it, and it became a business. Now, that doesn't mean the people. The people are hungry for God, and they're seeking after him, but you get caught in mind prisons, yeah. belief systems that won't let you out, right? Mm -hmm. And I've talked about this in the past. So it's like you, to understand him, you have to begin to see that the Bible's code, the four levels I just spoke about, allegorical and the math, that there's mysteries there. They're hidden from us. And they're to be searched out through intimate relationship with him, with him, from glory to glory, it says. That's Jacob's ladder, mm -hmm. up the ladder, yeah. right? So look at this for a minute. There's a garden in the east of Eden. It's in the east. Mm -hmm. Jesus returns through the eastern gate oh what do you think's going on in the west right now jesus is returning through the eastern gate through revelation light remember his life is the light mm -hmm. that brings life to man wow. immortality and much more restores us from where we left in eden it's pictures cool. it's allegorical pictures I remember in the early days, I don't know how old, how old were you when you had all those dreams, remember? Oh, I don't know. My... Were we on Grain Street at the time? or? I, once I started opening up, I, I dreamt a lot. Like, I couldn't even keep up with dreams. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, not another one. I know. Right? You just kind of lose track. But there was a period of time there, remember? There was a 
quite a period of time where I had so many tornado dreams. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'd wake up, I've just had another tornado dream. And at the time where I was at, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, literally. Yes. I looked at them and went, destruction's coming, destruction's coming. Yeah. Right? Because I've got the whole end time yep. teaching in my face constantly. Right. And so one, well, there's two particular tornado dreams I remember. And the one was this tornado. I was standing on the beach up at Lake Huron and I saw it coming across the water. And uh, my mind all of a sudden goes to the kids because they're little at that time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to there's a bad tornado coming. I got to mm. hone in the family and I got to make everybody <laughs> safe so we yeah. don't die. Yeah. And so as the tornado started coming towards the beach, I just ran out into the water on mm. top of the water and I leapt up in the air and I jumped right into the center of the tornado and I started dancing. Wow. It was like, oh, this is really cool. So like I was, the fear was gone. I was in the center of the tornado. Right. And, and I wasn't even aware of what it was doing externally outside. So that that was really stood out. And at the time I'm thinking, oh well, maybe a tornado's gonna come and, and I'm just gonna have peace in the storm. These are end right? time end time war. Well that's my revelation yeah. at the time. Yeah. Again, our paradigms we, we sifted all through that. Yeah. And then uh, not too long ago, maybe a couple years ago, I had another tornado dream mm -hmm. and well many in between, but I remember standing again, I was on a beach and my hair was blowing as the wind was coming from the east. And I knew that in my dream, the wind's coming from the east. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, here comes the tornado in mm -hmm. that direction. It's coming at me, right? And my hair was just blowing mm -hmm. to the left of me. And again, I'm gathering up the kids. It's like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. here we go again. Here we go I, again. I'm always trying to protect everybody from these tornadoes, right. you know? And that the significance of that one was just my hair that was what i really remembered so i again you know you just kind of shelf it okay well maybe i don't know what that means anymore until was it well maybe a week ago we were talking yeah about the stuff from the east and then bang the lights just went on i was like oh, yeah john that dream remember my hair and it with the winds were coming from mm -hmm. the east and then it was just like the lights all just started to go on because that's what's been unfolding yeah has been the revelation coming from the, the teachings out of, out of the, east. the East, right? Middle East. Yep. The idioms, all Aramac. the things. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. So took how many years? I know. But you see how he did that? He planted yeah. it in a literal way you would understand back there, yeah. but it gave it roots. Yeah. And then when the revelation came, mm -hmm. there, was, there was stability and steadfastness in it. Do you see? Like a foundation. Yeah. You were like, then you were amazed at what he was really saying. Then I was excited. It's like, ah, okay, I get so, it. I get it. <laughs> so in light of Sue's allegorical dream, what that means is there are winds blowing right now, the wind of God. It says that he will shake everything that can be shaken, only that which remains will be of him. There's tornadoes coming, and what do they do? They remove everything. They rip all the things out in its path in its path yeah. and so the the winds of the east are coming the revelations of who yeshua the christ really is and what he came to do is starting to blow and starting to come and it ain't going to slow down it's going to root everything up that's not him mm -hmm. that's religion that's based in fear 
Because remember, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So why is it we write books on fear to get money and control the masses with these fear-mongering things? And really, that's what they are, because if you think seriously about it, what they're doing is um, emotion is energy in motion. So if I can create fear, now I'm not saying the guy writing it's remember the blind leading the blind. Mm-hmm. I used to teach this stuff. Yeah. I believed it. Yeah. So it's like it it releases this energy, this fear, and it's it's gripping people, and more than that, it's keeping them dumbed down. Light is a frequency as love, and it's a higher state. That's why he says, come up here. That's why he says heavens. Are above the earth my ways are the are higher than your ways mm-hmm. he's always talking spirit carnality yeah that's what it's language it's just language mm-hmm. right it, yeah. it's and just the language journey is all about what's going on inside of us individually yes. yes that's where the kingdom's happening yes and that's where the kingdoms are being taken down that's where the so, strongholds so are you either look externally at the kingdoms and you'll see it going on around you yep but allegorically mm. look inside look inside what kingdoms are coming down yeah mm-hmm. i just wanted to say when yeah. you were talking there back in well years ago um you used to write all the end times out on the backs of craven a cigarette packages yep. there's like stacks of, of them, them with yes. the timelines timelines and, and yeah like mm. uh, the dispensation of grace and then you know just, all this oh stuff, my gosh yeah. So the church steep, age. So steeped in it. I used to just sit there and think, I don't think I'm ever going to understand this. <laughs> <laughs> I wished I hadn't. And speaking of fear, yeah. my gosh, I just lived in so much fear of that. You just like really helped me with fear. <laughs> oh, I pr- thank you. I was, I was passionate about him and my experience of, of um, you know, dying and coming back and then the open vision, right? I was going for it, but I didn't know at that point how ignorant I was or that I was this little child on the beach and I did not recognize him, mm-hmm. right? And it was all about who is he, they would tell me, not really who he is. But you were all in and hungry. Yes. And it was the hunger that got you to where we came today. Yeah, exactly. To keep seeking and pressing. That's right. Seek and you will find knock and the door will be open mm-hmm. it's about truth yeah his truth and um so don't feel guilty about any of this even if you've uh, preached on this last night or you are at the moment it doesn't matter what we're saying is ask a question just what if that's all i'm doing is i'm i'm saying what if is it possible right yeah because we want to understand and no. It says that in Proverbs 25, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Mm-hmm. So God hides things. He's surrounded in darkness. Why do people think they see? It's seeking him, not reading books. Seeking him. He may use the books, but it'll be the Spirit of God. I put pieces together. Yes. Puzzle. Using material. Yeah. And what are you, a king 
of your own earth, this land right here. I have to overcome this. He who overcomes will sit with me by my father. That's not about on a chair. Mm -hmm. That's about where he is in that place of love, in that place of light, pure light. That's where that is. And to go there, we must let go of the fear. Complete love casts out all fear. Says it throws it out. And we begin to walk with the Creator and allow Him to reveal to us the mysteries. They're for everyone, by the way, but they're only going to receive uh, if they're a wordless infant, yeah. if they're willing to learn. They've got to let go of the pride in what they think they know. I had to lay it down. Yeah. He kept doing that. He kept showing me things, and it, it was like, well, what, am, what do I do with that, you know? What's that quote? I'm going on a journey to a place. Quote that one. Uh, okay. This you, was the reformers, you know? yeah, that said, we're going to go on a far journey right. to a place nearby. And when we get there, we'll realize we've always been. Right. So where are we right now? <laughs> we're in the Father's house. We're in we're there with him it's our problem is our mind this is all about the journey of your mind right and awakening turn around metanoia change your mind to the mind of the spirit called the mind of christ mm -hmm. and not the mind of man so so we're pursuing the mystery not to get the right answer but to get him he is the answer that's good. Oh, and he's sweet. Yeah. yeah. So d let's look in Daniel 4.28. I wanted to unpack um, what happened to humanity. Because there's a picture. I want to basically tell an allegorical picture. Um, first, of all, first off, I need to say, the definition of Babylon is a city devoted to materialism, which is matter, what they can see or understand. It's what they see or understand. It's the mind of man. And then it says, in sensual pleasure, which is the logic of the five sense world, meaning controlled by the five senses in this realm. So carnal language is called babble. Babble. So this is what Babylon is. Now, listen in Daniel 4.28. To this story all all this came upon nebuchadnezzar at the end of the 12 months he was walking about the royal palace of babylon remember this is an allegorical picture about you and me us there's the literal which there was a nebuchadnezzar but then we're jumping up to a higher meaning because it's all got to do with us it's all pictures looking from a different perspective looking from a different perspective i used to think when i was a young christian i said one of these days i'm gonna understand that um oh by the way whoever's texting on here like this you could uh understand that god loves you and you can you can be mad and you can be angry but that's okay you need to understand that this is about knowing your father not being upset by trauma in our lives so then we understand 
that something took place and we want to understand. So it says he was walking around the palace and the king spoke saying, is not this the great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you and they shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen. Now that he's showing that he's going to be cast out into a field as a beast. And then it says, and seven times shall pass over you. Seven times. That's Jacob's ladder. That's glory to glory. That's perception to perception, revelation to revelation. That's the heavens going from one to the next to the next until you come back into this union. So here he's out there. He's being sent out as a beast in the field. We'll talk about that in a moment. Until seven times passes over. Until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers, his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the time, there it is, at the end of the time, what time? That's a neon. That's that seven-year period. It's Romans chapter 7 is actually what it is. It says, at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven. What is that? He lifted his eyes to spirit. Mm -hmm. He began to look to spirit. And then he says, my understanding returned to me. That's good. The revelation of who I am as a son of God began to come to me and awaken me. I'm not a beast in a field. Mm -hmm. And then he returned, and I blessed the Most High, praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. Remember King of Kings? Mm -hmm. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven, all of whose works are truth, and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he's able to put down. Put them down. Where? Into the field. So the Adamic race, it's about the human race, the Adamic race, is those that ate from the beast nature through pride from a wounded ego instead of the tree of life that was there for us, which is God himself, the Spirit which is Christ, the Christ life of spirit. 
So he, the story of Nebuchadnezzar is about the human race being filled with pride and turning away, right? And um, anyways, so this is what a good picture of what's going on. After the seven years period, which can take a lot more than seven years, it takes seven periods of time to bring you out of that beast nature. Two trees, right? Mm -hmm. So it says, when you understand that, you understand that you're looking to the world. Remember up earlier, the senses? Mm -hmm. Living from the, the mind of man, looking outward instead of within at who you really are. And awakening to spirit. Mm -hmm. Awakening to your spirit. So the other thing is there's a seal it says, and the seal's in your mind. Golgotha, where Yeshua was crucified, means a place of the skull. Where's your mind is in your skull. Mm -hmm. And metanoia, to change your mind from the mind of carnality to the mind of the spirit. Or look the other way. Turn around and see. Yeah. It's when we look within. Ephesians 4.30, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. See, it's a process, a journey. Mm -hmm. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Yeah. He's the one carrying you through this. Yeah. Revelation 9.4, they were told to do no harm to the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree but only the people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads, within your mind. Mm. You changed mind, metanoia, right? Then we go to Revelation 13, 18. This will require wisdom to understand, John's telling us. Let the one with insight interpret the number of the wild beast, for it's humanity's number. 666. Mm. Humanity's number. That's a two-part being. Body and soul. No spirit. It's easy to tell the difference. Mm -hmm. That's the mark of the beast. Marked in the forehead in his own mind. God just looks at his mind. Mm -hmm. And he's being led by 666. Two parts. Instead of three. We're a triune being, like yeah. he is. We're a trinity. Yeah. Body, soul, spirit. So a two-part being, soul living from five senses in the world of matter, in a fallen state, as a beast, in a field. This is the seal and mark of the beast. It's a beast nature, not who you really are. It's not who we are. No. Revelation 14.9 says... Then a third angel followed them, shouting with a mighty voice, whoever worships the wild beast in its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand. Again, do you see? Again, it's, it's in your mind. And what your hand is what you put your energy to, mm -hmm. what you're striving after. 
in this world. Yeah. Revelation 14, 11, and the smoke of their severe suffering ascends into ages upon ages or eons upon eons. Those who worship the wild beast and its image and receive the mark of its name will have no rest day or night. Isn't that true? Yes. Yes. You get tormented there. Right. right? Yeah. So that's the thing. The mark of the beast is a two-part being. And someone that has been sealed by God means they've been once, now they've had metanoia, they've changed their mind, and they're now looking to spirit and living from spirit. They're a spirit with a soul living in a body. Mm -hmm. So the body is not me. I am the soul and the spirit mm -hmm. dwelling within this vehicle or this body that I've been given as a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. It's an avatar. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And that um, I am to raise it up. But the beast nature wants to rule. But the beast nature wants to rule. And as long as I look outward and get trapped in mental con constructs, mm -hmm. such as religion, yeah. then I miss the truth mm -hmm. and following after it. Good. Yeah. It's time. So, one last thing. One last thing. So our flesh is our carnality that blinds us by being a covering over ego <laughs> and causing our single eye to become veiled. And to be whole is to be sealed by the Spirit 30, 60, 100 fold. So not 666, but a thousand, a hundred fold, right? And a triune being that walks by the Spirit and knows who he is in I am. That's what we're called to mature to, mm -hmm. to being sons of God. So when Yeshua came, he was first known as the Son of Man. Hello. He was, came as us, for us. And then he became the Son of God. And that's where the revelation is right there. Through us. Through us. Yes. Yeah. So that's where we are today, is just waking up to these things. Mm -hmm. So you'll know, it's not hard after a while to know who's got the mark of the beast and who's got the mark of the seal of God. That would be the discernment, right? Yeah. It's not about a computer system. Kind of makes me think to those books, This Present Darkness, the allegorical pictures that are in those books. Right. You know, it's the beast nature. It's kind of written that way where, you know, people vomiting on people, but they're yeah, giving yeah. it that in the spiritual sense, right? That's yeah. kind of what the beast nature does. It just keeps interacting yes. with other beast natures. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know. It's kind of crazy. We have a way out. We have a way out. <laughs> So remember this, God is unconditional love. He doesn't do it. It's not an attribute. It's who he is. Mm -hmm. And he is not the spirit of fear. He is not, um, he is looking to redeem. Look at Jesus. He said, I didn't come into the world to judge the world. I came to save it. I came as light into the dark. Yeah. He's the way out. So let the light pierce your hearts. He's the way in. <laughs> Actually, he's the way in, yeah. 
and he's in and he's out. He's in and out. <laughs> I live and move and have my being in him. And like when I stood in the bathroom in 1978, in the open vision, in the liquid love of God, in me, through me, all around me. And I still experience that today at times where it keeps drawing me back, saying, this is where you're called to live in this state of being right here. It's who you are. Yeah. It's who I was before I came here. It's who it will, I will be if I wake up to the fullness. I can do that here. Yeah. And that's what we're called to. So food for thought yeah. tonight. What if? What if? <laughs> what if? Yes. What if your forehead's not actually going to be scanned right. to buy or sell? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, it's just crazy thoughts I used to have in those Well, days, I know, but you even look at the unfolding. The pictures, when your money failed. When your money failed, that book kind of failed. That and failed. they do. They, they, they fall by the wayside because they're not, it's not the truth. Yeah. Right? But it works good with masses of people that are living in fear. Yeah. Right? They're waiting. And you know what? It's a, um, a, a person that has, it, it feels as a victim that wants an angry God to judge their enemies. That's right. But when you deal with that victim mentality and you forgive, then you understand a God of pure love. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's not a condition to his love. Yeah. We're the ones that put the conditions in there, and he told us don't judge. So it's a, it's a brave new world as the tornadoes are coming <laughs> and are already blowing. Yeah. They've been blowing on me since 2006. I've been caught in it. And they'll come to you if you let them stir up the, the land. Yes, that's right. Let them stir let up them your land. touch down and yes. dismantle. <laughs> May the tornadoes of God come <laughs> and disassemble your destructive be things. Be upon you. <laughs> May and, the tornadoes of God be upon you. Yes. Well, that's a, and cast, a weird blessing. <laughs> it is. And cast out the fear and bring yes. the love. And dance in the center. And dance in the Where center. Where the peace is. Where the peace is in the eye of the storm. Yeah. Single eye. I in thought the of that storm. when I started that's to share good, that man. single eye. That's really good. Yeah. All right. That's good stuff. Well, bless you guys. I hope you uh, enjoyed tonight as much as we did. And uh, again, food for thought. And uh, I just want to say yes. thank you again for you digging in in the mysteries of God and dragging me along several times. Nah. But that's okay. It's brought us to where we are. It's yeah been a journey. And it we is continue to journey. And that's the beauty is it, you know to become one. It's it's that whole thing of um, you know all the prophetic stuff that you've seen and how these things are interlacing together now and. Yeah. giving us a greater understanding of uh, who we are and where we are and what we're called to do, right? Mm -hmm. And one of them is to break bread right here on the journey and allow people to have communion, common union, eat my flesh, drink my blood, is the life of God and the Word, the living Word. It's for us to uh, get into that and uh, see where He takes us, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Come into that place of intimacy with Him. Yeah. So thank you. So for hanging out and surviving it all when I was a little crazy at a time. Yeah. Yeah. True love. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bless everybody. 
and we won't see you probably before Christmas. So Merry Christmas, yeah, Merry enjoy Christmas. family, enjoy friends, enjoy fellowship together. And don't forget to hug somebody and tell them you love them. Get together and break turkey. And break turkey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God bless. Bye. Have a great uh, night. Bye.